0: Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 6 of Twin Twin Talk Talk MN. MN. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today, we have a really great episode. The MLB keeps going on. And you remember a couple of months ago how he said the number of no-hitters in the MLB was out of control? Well, since then, there hasn't been a single one until last night. That's right. There was another no-hitter in the MLB. We'll tell you who it was and if that team can continue to play very well. In the NBA, we've seen the Summer League. Now, that... Like the NFL is its preseason games to get people ready for the season and often have its young players. So we will let you know who's doing well and which guys are going to continue to play well for their teams this season. Again, in the NFL, we've seen their preseason games start this past week. We've seen every team in the NFL play at least one preseason game so we can continue to look to see what will be going on in this NBA season with the season starting. Just about a month away. About four weeks. So, Andrew, let us jump right in. Andrew, to the MLB. I said there was a no-hitter. Now, you might think, ooh, was it by one of the best pitchers in the game? Like Max Scherzer or Jacob deGrom or someone really, really good? Andrew, who threw the no-hitter? It was Tyler Gilbert of the Arizona Dimebacks. I'm sorry, but just... Not sure how you could say this, but the Dimebacks have not been doing well at all. they were the worst team in baseball by a lot, but apparently this one guy just stepped it up and threw a no-hitter last night. Just great, the eighth no-hitter of the season. Very out of the blue. Very little people expected this to happen, but it did. Now, continuing on with our MLB news. Ryan, the playoff push is coming along this week. Most teams have played almost 120 games. That means about 45 games left in this MLB season. So we are really getting down the stretch. By the next time we talk to you, maybe the Diamondbacks might even be eliminated from playoff contention. Who knows? We will see if they continue to lose. But just a big storyline that we have to look at is which teams are just on that playoff push of either 4th or 3rd in their division, trying to get to that 2nd or 1st spot to clinch that playoffs, give them a chance in October. Ryan, just looking at the MLB standings right now, tell me one team that you feel like is on the outside of the playoffs, not currently, if the season ended today, they would not make the playoffs, but that you think that come maybe a month or so from now, we are going to be talking about as a playoff team and saying this team could go far in October. Yeah, Andrew, right now, again, in my opinion, it's all about the NL East. Right now, the Braves sit atop it in first place, five games above 500. But they are absolutely tied with the Philadelphia Phillies, who have the exact same record. But two games, or one and a half games behind them, is the New York Mets, who again, they're still, they still have a lot of problems. But I think they can play very, very well for the remainder of the season, and I would not at all be surprised if the Mets are doing well because of their incredible pitching, and again, in hitting Francisco Lindor, Javier Baez, and Pete Alonso. All three of these guys have struggled a lot in the past, but again, those guys are all perennial all-stars and three of the best hitters in the game on at most times, so I feel like if all of them can reach their highest potential, this team could be really good. Andrew, what's one team in the American League that you think could be doing well and in an late October that right now doesn't isn't doing that well. Behind one big team is the Toronto Blue Jays. Now I understand that maybe they don't have the veteran depth or the more like great pitchers that they the people want them to have. But I'm just saying that Robbie Ray and Jose Brios both have ERA's under three point five. Now maybe that doesn't make a ton of sense, but that basically means that they have a good pitching staff. Hinjin Ryu, he's still there. He's not having Cy Young season like he did last year two years ago but he's still having a very very good season and not hitting we have to to keep talking about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. maybe he's not the Shohei Otani hitting 40 home runs right now but he is by far at least in my opinion the MVP candidate so far then Bo Bichette and Kavan Biggio have not really been carrying their weight that much this year but Simeon Marcus Simeon was an all-star. Teoscar Hernandez was also an all-star. So we will have to keep an eye on the Jays team. With Brios coming and pitching well for them, that could do a lot for them. Ryan, now I'm going to turn the question around and say, tell me a team that right now is in first and second their division, and you think that within a month will almost definitely not still be in the playoff contention and that just does not have a chance once we reach at least September. Yeah, well, Andrew, I mean, it's kind of the obvious answer, but Andrew, in the American League, it's with the Detroit Tigers. I mean, Andrew, right now, they are one of the bottom 20, they are one of the worser teams in baseball, and they are in second place in their division, which is horrible. They're in second place in their division. Now, when you look at some other divisions, in the American League East, the Boston Red Sox are 17 games above 500, and they're in second. But the Tigers, they're three games below 500. That is horrible. Tigers are having a horrible season, but they're still in second place. And they're double-digit games away from a wild-card spot. And here, the Tigers, there's no way they're going to make the playoffs. They're 10 games out. They're just going to continue to get worse. And this team is very, very bad. So definitely don't get false hope that the Tigers are going to make the playoffs just because they're in second place in a not very good division. Now, Andrew, we haven't really been talking about this that much, but, Andrew, in the MLB right now, when we're looking at the MVP race in the American League, it looks like it could easily be down to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or Shohei Ohtani. Out of those two guys, who you got? Ryan, right now, I still say it's Vladimir Guerrero. Now, if we're talking, when I talk about this with Ryan, if we're talking about the literal definition of MVP, most valuable player. That means which guy the, which guy, is the most valuable. Which guy do the most teams want. And that player is definitely Shohei Otani because of his pitching that he can add. But the term MVP in the Ameri- in baseball really just means who is the best hit. Which guy were you scared enough when he came up to bat. Now don't get me wrong. Shohei Otani is a phenomenal player. He's an amazing hitter and a very good pitcher. But is he the best hitter? I don't think so. Yes, he does have the most home runs, which is very impressive and could be MLB breaking since he's on track to. But just with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who has a much better average, a little bit more RBIs, much better with runs scored, and a little, I believe, four home runs behind him in home runs, that is just still so good. We keep on talking about the American League MVP, but just... Let's talk about the National League pitchers. We know that the Giants and the Brewers each have at least two or three guys in the conversation. Fine. who do you think is the number one, will be number one Cy Young voting in the NL? Yeah, Andrew, I feel like, again, if he's able to stay healthy enough, he's able to pitch the game, it's no doubt Jacob DeGrom. I mean, it's not even remotely close. This guy is having one of the best pitcher seasons we've seen in a long time. But Andrew, again. He's very injured. He's missed a lot of games. He's not even eligible for ERA because he hasn't pitched enough innings and games. But Andrew, right now, with him sidelined, it looks like it's just got to be Walker Bueller. I mean, right now, he has the best ERA in all of baseball, and he also has the third best record in all of baseball. And when you just watch this guy pitch, you can just see immediately he's going to have a good start. He's going to have a good game. Walker Buehler looks like he's going to be the Cy Young unless Jacob Dugam comes back right now from all of his injuries, doesn't get injured for the rest of the season, and continues his absolutely dominant stretch. We remember earlier in the season, when I believe it was three or four weeks in, he had given up three earned runs, which is absolutely insane. No pitchers even come close to that, but... Since then, Jacob deGrom really hasn't pitched that much, so you can't really tell if that was just a fluke or for real. But if he can prove it was for real, then he's the best pitcher in the game. Andrew, do you agree with this? Yeah, I agree. Jacob deGrom is definitely the best. Now, Walker Buehler, he's probably the other best candidate for Cy Young. But I have to say, keep an eye on Vanden Woodruff on the Brewers pitching rotation. Now... I know that many of you maybe haven't heard of him, but he is a guy who's sneakily coming up. Great ERA, great win-loss, just great pitcher all of that. And basically, just keep an eye on the entire Milwaukee Brewers pitching staff since after Bueller, the second, third, and fourth best ERA in the league are all on the Brewers pitching staff. And Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and... Also, Freddy Peralta, I have no idea how this is possible, but these three guys just keep on chugging, even though the Bruce pitching staff hitting is extremely decimated with injuries and made some very bad trades, lost some good guys, but that pitching staff is saving them, they're going to send them to the playoffs, I'm almost positive. Ryan, anything you'd like to say more about this MLB season, perhaps about like the playoff picture or what's going on right now? Yeah, and you just continue to watch the MLB. Right now, there are a lot of teams that are really working hard to come down the stretch. The Houston Astros are putting on a great show right now. is one of the best teams in baseball. The Los Angeles Dodgers continue ab- their absolute dominance this season, but again, they have to continue to work hard without all of their best players. When you see this team in full house, they're clearly the best team in baseball. No conversation needed. But what about without Trevor Bauer, which they're dealing with right now? What about injuries to Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts and other things like a lot of their top hitter struggling? The question is, can they overcome these things to wait? Can they stall until their team is healthy and they're actually able to be at full health with again? When they are at full health, they're undoubtedly the best team in baseball. I'm not guaranteeing they'll win the World Series, but they're clearly the most likely scenario for them to win the World Series. Now, Andrew, the World Series will be in mid-October, but Andrew... You know it starts before October? The NFL season starts the first week of September, and we are two weeks into August. Andrew, the NFL season starts in four weeks. Now, as I said, the start of the podcast, NFL preseason games have started. Now, Andrew, we know that these games don't really mean that much. Almost every team is starting a young player and backup quarterbacks. Most teams aren't really trying their hardest with backup players and a lot of young rookies. And a lot of younger players that were drafted in the last couple of seasons. Now, we saw a lot of young players, especially rookies, showcase their skills in the in this past week's NFL preseason games. Now, Andrew, we know who's playing well. Obviously, you got Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. But Andrew, the one rookie quarterback that I didn't say that I was taking in the first round was Mac Jones. Now, Andrew on the Patriots. What do you think is going on with their young first round quarterback? Well yeah, Ryan, this is just a very interesting situation. Because we when we look at this season, we see Mac Jones, the exciting rookie out of Alabama, who led them to an undefeated national championship run this year. And then we see Cam Noon, who's this order guy, the former MVP. And we just say, how is this competition? You gotta get Mac Jones in there. You gotta get him the starts and him the playing time. But then we've guys that Bill Belichick, maybe that's not the way he does stuff. Maybe he just wants to give Jones maybe even a full season and just see what he can do as the backup quarterback. Maybe get him in kind of like a two-attack of Iloa last year or get him in after the bye week, week nine or eight, I forget, and then have him play those couple games and just do well. But the important thing with this preseason is seeing which guys really show out, which guys kind of struggle. Now, one guy that I guess he kind of got lucky, but Justin Fields really, really had a good game yesterday. A lot of people are very excited about him in Chicago, but again, people are saying Andy Dolan might be the starter. Why are you having him be the starter? Talk about this way too much, but let's just move on. Ryan, A big thing in preseason is figuring out these young guys. can they get a start? And usually, positional battles are not decided in preseason whatsoever. Like, if it's between a veteran and a young guy, the young guy's going to play in the preseason, and then 9 out of 10 times, the veteran is going to start game 1. Brian, a situation that's very, very interesting, and I mean, I'm super interested to see what happens, is the Saints quarterback room. Now, we know that last year, it was undisputed Hall of Famer Drew Brees. And yes, he was getting up there in age, but everyone thought that he had at least 3 or 4 more years left. But then he retired. And everyone was saying, eh, Taysom Hill, they've been grooming him for years. The BYU quarterback, offensive player, he'd be a great quarterback. But then they signed James Winston. People were saying, eh, what's going on here? Who's going to be the quarterback? And then Michael Thomas goes down. So you might say, eh, then who's Winston going to throw the ball to? But wait, when Taysom played, that's all he did was throw the ball to Thomas. Boy, if Winston can't, that's all he does is throw the ball at. Who's he going to throw to? Trey smith Boy, Hill didn't want to throw to Kamar. What's going to happen? Ryan, tell me, what is going to happen? What do you think should happen with the Saints quarterbacks? Yeah, Andrew, this is really crazy. I think a lot of people have started to make up their mind that it is Jameis Winston's job to lose. Now, Andrew, if we remember correctly, Jameis Winston was a top five overall pick in his draft at of Florida State University. James Winston has been looked at as one of the most electrifying quarterbacks in the NFL, throwing for 33 touchdowns two years ago on the Buccaneers and having monstrous offensive seasons. But the really big problem is that all he does is just throw the ball and chuck it, and really, his accuracy is lacking to the extreme. Now, Andrew, the reason why I say this is because two years ago when he was a starter, he threw 30 Interceptions And the offense really struggled, even though he threw for tons and tons of yards and threw for 33 touchdowns. But Andrew, again, the question becomes, is this what the Buccaneers want? Now, in the past of the NFL, we've seen very, very good quarterbacks have a problem with interceptions. Phillip Rivers and Brett Favre are two of the all-time leaders for most interceptions. But they're both going to be Hall of Famers, and they're both two of the best to ever do it. Now, I'm not saying Jameis Winston is the best to ever do it, but again, interceptions are okay if you can match it with the touchdowns. Now, on the Buccaneers, he could easily match it with the touchdowns. They had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard, and they just had an amazing target core. But on the Saints, I mean, you have Michael Thomas, who will be injured for a lot of the season, and then besides that, it's just a lot of young guys that are not proven like Marquez Callaway and also Traquan Smith. So it seems to me like James Winston could do well, but again, it's unlikely that he's really going to have that good of a season, but I think you have to go with James Winston. Andrew, do you think Taysom should have the job, or do you agree with me with James Winston? In my opinion, you got to go with Taysom. Don't get me wrong. Winston is a much better thrower, much better arm in every way, throwing the ball. But... When he doesn't have a great target to throw to without Michael Thomas, they got to get Hill. Just imagine Hill next to Kamara. In my opinion, I feel like you could try to emulate like a Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram two years ago. Just the defense had no idea where it was going. He fakes the PA pass, fakes it again, then hands it off. Oh, wait, it's a pitch back. Just imagine Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, throwing the ball. Just these little pitch pays, the screen pass. I just love that. James Winston. Can't really run. Doesn't have a good accuracy. Isn't great at controlling the ball. Taysom Hill. Don't get me wrong. Can't throw it 80 yards downfield like Winston can. But last year in the playoffs, he really hit it. Last year in week 16, 17, or whatever weeks, please was injured. He really showed us what he could do. Winston did not get the job, and there is a reason for that. They wanted Taysom, and he got it. Ryan, and also the preseason, a big thing is with these rookie quarterbacks, is are they going to do well with this team? And can they lead them to victory? Because if we remember, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are on the two worst teams from last year. Now, they were very good in college, but is that going to translate of these two quarterbacks? Which you think is going to have a better season? Which team do you think will do better? Yeah, Andrew, right now, I feel like Trevor Lawrence is going to have a much better season. Everyone thought that Trevor Lawrence was the best player coming out of this draft, and personally, I have to agree with that. I think he is the most talented player coming out of this draft, and undoubtedly the most talented quarterback, and one of the better quarterbacks we've seen coming out of the NFL draft in recent seasons, as having one of the most dominant college football careers we've seen in a very, a very long time. Now, Zach Wilson did very well, he was very talented at BYU, but he didn't really show the huge highlights, and he didn't really put together the whole college career that Trevor Lawrence was really able to do. And I think Trevor Lawrence will really do well, especially as Trevor Lawrence now has DJ Chark, Marvin Jones Jr., and LaVisca Shenault, who are all very capable wide receivers. On the Jets, it's Elijah Moore, who they just drafted. It's Denzel Mims, who they drafted last season in a later round. It's also Jameson Crowder, who's not very talented. And Corey Davis, who's fine, but he needs a little bit better of a quarterback, so I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have the better season, but when you look at the defensive side, Jacksonville has one of the worst defenses in the game, and the Jets have a very good up-and-coming defense. The Jaguars rushing and the Jets rushing are both very dismal, but when you look at the offensive line, the Jets is much better. I feel like both these teams will clearly be two of the worst teams in the league, but I have to say the Jets, I think, are going to be a little bit better. I'd say the Jets might be able to get uh, four or five wins, and Jacksonville would be lucky to get three or four. Again, both these teams will be horrible, but again, as Andrew said, it's about the quarterbacks. You've looked at a lot of NFL teams, how when they draft a quarterback, they aren't very good. The team isn't very good, but the quarterback changes the atmosphere, the quarterback steps up the offense, and that makes the defense step up, and that makes the team Rise to the occasion and do very well and have a good season. Now, Andrew, with the NFL quickly approaching, what other things can we talk about with the NFL that really need to be addressed in the, in these preseason games? Well, Ryan, one important thing in these preseason games is just seeing the up-and-comers on teams. Now, it's not always the number one, number two picks. It's seeing the guys who maybe miss last season or the young guys coming up or who probably won't get a big chance. One thing we have to talk about is these young wide receivers. Now, we know that in this year's draft, it was a pretty good wide receiving draft. We had Jalen Waddle at the top, Devontae Smith short after, and then a little bit later, we had Jamar Chase. Now, Ryan I feel like I discuss this a lot when I'm talking with friends. We talk about the best wide receivers in this rookie class. And now, it doesn't really matter who is the best wide receiver. Because in the NFL, it doesn't matter who's the best quarterback. Because in my opinion, I think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback. But, are the Packers going to have the best season? Probably not. But, who is the wide receiver? This is going to really help their team. And in my personal opinion, that has to be rookie Jamar Chase. Now, I agree that that Bengals team has not a great quarterback, but I'd rather have him than Jalen Hurts or to attack Vyloa. Also, Joe Burrow, I feel like if they can get Joe Mixon into the passing game, then he's going to have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, and then Joe Mixon on the screen pass. Personally, I just love that team. I feel like they're going to be one of my favorite teams to cheer for this season, and Jamar Chase... It's just a guy that you're going to want to pay attention to, you're going to want to watch, and you are going to want to like. Ryan, do you agree that Chase is going to have the best season, or do you think that's going to be someone else? Yeah, Andrew, I think Chase might end up with the most yards, but I think the guy that we're really going to see continue to play well is Devonte Smith on the Eagles. Don't get me wrong. His quarterback, Jalen Hurts, is not the most talented. But again, on that team, we really don't see many other guys that are going to take a lot of the ball. Zach Ertz is not very good anymore. Dallas Goddard is a tight end and probably won't take that much of the snap share. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Jalen Rager would be lucky to get 20 yards a game. Those guys really do not get that many receptions. And again, we've always seen this team look for their new wide receiver. Look for a wide receiver one. Look for very talented young wide receivers. Taking a wide receiver in the last three years in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. But in my opinion, I think they found their guy, Devontae Smith, and I think they won't miss out on him and make sure that they are able to get him a lot of receptions and a lot of time and a lot of snaps in the NFL. Now, Andrew, again, the NFL season starts in four weeks. We have more preseason games. I would strongly recommend watching your favorite team, whatever that is, just to learn about some of their plans. It's very... It's very important to know about, in the NFL, who could be the starter and how your young players are doing. Almost every NFL team had a first-round pick, and almost every single one of them played a lot of snaps for your favorite NFL team. A year ago, you can really learn about how they're going to do, because in college, the competition is so much worse than in the NFL. You can really see if a guy is dominating against NFL talent, they're going to have a really good season and we'll be able to see who the best players will be in this upcoming season now Andrew moving on to the NBA now Andrew we started the summer league which it's very very close to the NFL preseason games where most teams are basically just putting in rookies and very young players and some better players from the G League now Andrew the summer league really does not matter little to none, But Andrew, of our top three draft picks in this season, which were Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley, which of those guys do you think really showed their value in this summer league so far? Well, Vine, really, what we have to see is which guys are going to show us what they're capable of. Now, in my opinion, I don't care if Cade Cunningham goes out and scores 50 points in a summer league game. Congratulations. You scored against G-Leaguers who are like three years younger than you. Great job. But what I do care is if he goes out and he gets a triple or double. Or if he gets four blocks or four steals or whatever. That is what I care about. And you know what? It was the Pistons against the Rockets, Jalen Green versus Cade Cunningham, and both of them put on a show. Cunningham with a little more of the all around value with defense, assists, and rebounds. Green with way more points. But hey, that is what they each do best, and that is super important for each of them. Now, Ryan, a lot of people have been saying that Cade Cunningham, they just love this season. Like, he is just the ride-or-die player. They just love him so much, and they feel like there's no way that he does not turn out into one of the best players in the game immediately. Ryan, I want to hear your take on the people that say Cade Cunningham could immediately go into maybe even a top 50 player in the league within his first month of the season. Yeah, Andrew, I completely agree, kind of. I think that Cade Cunningham will have a good season and will be one of the better or maybe even the best rookie this season. But again, I just feel like, again, it's such a big step up from the college game to the NBA game. But again, with Jalen Green in the G League, those are men, those are adult men playing against him. Those are people, many of them have played in the NBA before or will play in the NBA soon. In college, especially on Cade Cunningham's own team, I don't know a single guy that's considering going to the NBA out of Oklahoma State. Now, in the G League, there are a lot of good players, as I said, who are going to the NBA. And I feel like that's really, really good competition for Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga, even though right now we're not talking about Jonathan Kuminga. But I feel like for Jalen Green, that's really going to help. And he took over his own team. And those are guys, every one of the guys in the G League really, really cares about basketball. Now, I'm not saying guys in college basketball don't care about it, but a lot of those people aren't serious about going to the NBA, and most, most if not all, are not going to go to the NBA from those smaller Division I schools. But in the G League, all of those guys are just one step away from the NBA. A lot of those guys will be playing in the Summer League. Very few guys from college basketball will end up playing in the Summer League. So I feel like Jalen Green is going to have a great season, and Cade Cunningham He's a very good player, but I feel like he has some weaknesses in his game, especially partly on the defensive side. And I feel like it's going to be tough for him to really have that dominant of a season. But I do think that he has a very good chance to have a great season for the Detroit Pistons. Now, Andrew, of the Pistons, the Rockets, and the Cavaliers, again, all the teams that had the first, second, and third pick, which one do you think will be helped the most by their rookie? Levine. For this, it's got to be the Pistons. Now, it's not just because Cade Cunningham is the best out of these guys, but it's also because on the Cavaliers, they already have a better center than Jared Allen. They already have the two great guards in Garland and Sexton. And on the Rockets, don't get me wrong, Green is probably still their best player, but Kevin Porter Jr. could come up and be a little bit better than him. And they still have John Wall, but they'll probably get rid of him, hopefully. Later in the season, but we will see. And just, on the Pistons. Besides Jeremy Grant, there's really nothing there. And that is why people are saying Kay Cunningham is just going to run wild rebounds. There's usually, I believe, I don't know, somewhere like 30 rebounds in a game. Maybe 10 of those will be taken off from his team. I mean, I'm sure he's not going to get 20 rebounds. But just the number of assists, rebounds, points, steals, and blocks that are going to be available. It's just so high for him. And I feel like that's going to be very, very Good for him. Another big thing in the Summer League that I always love to watch is basically any pick outside the first round getting their time. Or on your team where you say, this guy should get some playing time. Give him some playing time. He almost always will get playing time in the G League if he is under 25 But in the Summer League. But just a big thing that I always want to watch is just... These late-round picks that people are saying, hey eh, he's not going to be good. Like, I believe this was two or three years ago in the draft, where Bulbul, who, pulling out of Nuggets, was taken very late in the draft. People were saying, why? He's such a good player. He's 7'5", or whatever how tall he is. People were saying, let's see what he does in the, G- in the summer league. And you know what? He just couldn't do it. He just could not play well enough to get him a starting spot on that team, which now makes perfect sense, behind the MVP winner, Nikola Jokic. But one guy that I feel like, in my opinion, is kinda similar to Bobo is Luca Garza, who I know that I talk about way too much, but I still just can never understand how he went so late in the draft. And I was hoping then league, he'd get a chance to show what he could do and that he would prove himself. And you know what? He did do that. In his last game, Cade Cunningham sat out for whatever reason, not bad whatsoever, but just it really does not matter. But Luca Garza came out with 20 points and 14 rebounds. Now I don't really care how many defensive plays he muffed or whatever, or how many points he gave up, but if you can get 20 points and 14 rebounds in the NBA, you could be sitting on the other side of the court for whoever cares. Doesn't matter about the defense, just there you go, Luca Garza. Ryan, tell me some other guys who were maybe taken in this draft that you think could really prove themselves in the summer league. Yeah, Andrew, again, I think it's really for guys that had good, very good college seasons, against very good competition as some of the better teams in, in college basketball, but just weren't really looked at as the top players and weren't drafted as such. Now, I feel like one guy is on the Bulls, Io DeSumo. Now, on the Bulls, they already have many very good guards in Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, and Kobe White. And I know it's probably not the best idea to add another guard in Io DeSumo, but just he was so dominant in college in Division One, leading a team to a very, very good season, that I feel like you got to give this guy a shot. He was dominant in the NBA. But Andrew, again, one other guy is on the magic. We know there's a ton of guys, but Jaylen Suggs, we know he was a top pick, but again, I think this guy can really show a lot. And I feel like he's really going to prove himself this year and also in the summer league games. Like he really deserved to be that number four pick. Now, Andrew, in other news... In the NBA, really, the trades, the trade rumors have really slowed down. But, Andrew, again, you saw a lot of teams make moves, and a lot of teams get better. Andrew, what is one team in the NBA that you feel like really needs to make a move to change around their season? Well, yeah, Ryan, one team, that's like we just continue and continue to talk about, and they just keep on just kind of sitting there and going, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll see what happens, we'll see what comes around, see if... Maybe our young guys can come around, and that is the Charlotte Hornets. Now I know that I understand that people are saying, "What? They have Lamelo Ball, who's going to turn in, into a great player, and they also have Terry Rogier, who's just getting better and better." But last season, a big part of their success was Gordon Hayward. Now I'm not saying that he's going to retire or he's going to become a free agent in the next two or three years, because he's on a four-year deal, and last year was only his first year. On that, but how many years? Really, like, actually, is this guy going to keep producing? This year, he averaged, I believe, 22 points per game and 7 rebounds. Next year, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't average 10. Just because of how long this guy's been playing, and I don't know if he can keep doing it. In my opinion, a clock has been started the second they signed Gordon Hayward, and they have to finish, at least make the playoffs by the time that clock stops. I'm not saying a championship is in reach for this team whatsoever. They're not the Lakers. They're not Clippers. They're not the Nets. not the Bucks. But they do have to make the playoffs to keep this franchise alive, to keep Michael Jordan as that owner, to keep LaMelo Ball going. Down Vine, this is something that, for me, it's just fun to talk about. It really cannot matter less. I can almost guarantee exactly zero is going to come out of this, and nothing will be important in basically about a week. But we talk about the Ball family a lot on this podcast. I don't know why. But Lamello, we know, is on the Hornets. Lonzo, we know, went from Lakers to the Pelicans, and now is on the Bulls. But, Leangelo. Now, a lot of people are saying, Sky didn't look like he really had an NBA future. Didn't really look like he wanted to be in it. But then, he signed a, G, a 10-day deal with the Hornets. And then they said, you know what? We'll keep you through the Summer League, which we are in right now. And he, surprisingly, to many people, surprised, is doing very, very well. Now, Vine, I'm not saying this team should sign him to a two-year deal or anything, but I do think there is a serious future of him with the Hornets. Yeah, it seems like if this team wants to make LeVar Ball's dream come true of all three of his sons on the same team winning an NBA championship, this would be the way to do it, as the Hornets are kind of in need of a guard right now and could easily add Lonzo if they sign Leandro. But... It seems to me like this would clearly just be a PR stunt. And if they sign Angelo, have him play maybe a couple minutes in a game. Maybe have him and Lamelo passing the ball and alley-ooping each other. Maybe play one game against the Bulls with Lonzo. But then after that, just come on. Don't get me wrong. L'Angelo has played very well and looks like he may deserve to be in the NBA. But, I mean, it just doesn't really feel like he's going to be one of the better players. And if he doesn't continue to play very well... I would not at all be surprised if he is cut from the team and has not made the team this November on the Charlotte Hornets. Now, Andrew, I think that's enough out of the NBA. So, Andrew, let's move on to the birthday of the day. But before that, let's look at our Minnesota sports teams, starting with the Minnesota Twins. Now, Andrew, again, we forgot to talk about the Twins last week. But two weeks ago, we were just coming off of those big deals where we got rid of Nelson Cruz and Jose Brios. Now, Andrew, in that deal, we added a lot of young minor league players. Andrew, speaking of young players, have any young players on the Twins started to do well? Well, yeah, Ryan, to be honest, kind of. Now, in that deal, we got prospects. Now, it's always exciting to get these guys from AAA or the number seven prospect in the MLB saying, like, Ooh, I'm excited to see him pitch. You know what, you'll probably not be an MLB fan by the time that any guy pitches that you trade for it as a prospect. It is super exciting, and maybe a couple years to remember, oh yeah, that deal, finally paying off. But in the short term, not looking great. But one guy that is really starting to step up for us on the pitching side is Griffin Jacks. Now, Griffin Jacks is from Minnesota, and has just been going up through the system, single A, double A, triple A, and now gets his shot in the majors and has not let it he has been pitching very well for us. I believe it's in his last four games. He has a 1.4 ERA. For that, he had a couple bad games, but 1.4—that would be the best in the majors. That's only in four games, so I'm not saying he's the best in the majors by any means. But I'm just saying that's impressive. Last night, it was how do I said an, an amazing win. The Twins won 14-0 against no, not the Diamondbacks, not the Orioles, but we beat. The Tampa Bay Rays. That's right. The team atop their division. We beat 14-0. Now, not going to lie, they have their worst pitcher, and we did have Kent Maida. But hey, if Kent Maida can throw six innings, no runs, and we can get, I believe we got four runs in the first inning, that's amazing. Also, a big thing for the Twins is to be healthy. Now, I'm not going to say that as a healthy team like the Tim Wolves, we're a playoff team. Not saying that whatsoever, but I'm saying as a healthy team, we could be at least third in our division. And Arias came back about two weeks ago, and he has just been marvelous. I believe he has a huge game hitting streak. Super excited about that. Buxton could be coming back in under a week. By the next time we talk to you, we could have Byron Buxton, 400 batting average, just Back on this team, Max Kepler has stepped up a lot with his hitting, just doing well. The other pitchers and the pitching staff are very much struggling. I don't know, we're pitching Barnes, Ober, Burroughs, I'm not really sure. Just, Alcala, I don't know, but just, we have to keep watching, we have to keep waiting We knew from about a month ago after we, or whenever it was, when we traded Brios and Cruz that this season was not going to be super great for the fans. But hopefully next year, a lot of these young guys will come back super strong and have great, great seasons. Ryan, let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, yesterday was also our first preseason game where we played the Denver Broncos. And to say that at least, it was terrible. Now, I'm not going to say that this Though we're heading for as worse of a twin season or Tim Wolf season as this year. But I'm just saying, this game was bad. But, we were starting our 4th string quarterback. We were starting our 3rd string running back. We didn't start Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen or Irv Smith Jr. And I believe most of our O-line was not... Our starting O-line was not there. Almost all of our defense sat out this game and just to be honest, it sucks when you lose, well, let's go like right, 36-6 or something like that, and when you throw up pick six or give up an 80 out touchdown, but hey, this is just what we need. We need practice. We need to see that, hey, losing it is something that we are going to do and that we just got to rebound and play even harder on anything you want to add about this Vikings preseason game or heading into next week before we talk about the Tim Wolves and their summer league. Yeah, Andrew, again, I think it's a lot going to be about this year's draft pick, especially on the offensive line. The Vikings have had one of the shakiest offensive lines in the past five seasons of any team in the NFL, but I think it's really important that we, again, solidify our guys, but again, it's also about the backups and making sure they're all going to be healthy because past years, we feel like we have a good enough offensive line, and then just everyone gets hurt, and then everyone gets injured, and then we're down to these very young draft picks where it just is just not good enough. So I feel like, again, it's about the offensive line continuing to play well and also staying healthy. And if we can do that, I think we have a good chance to have a very good offense this season. Now, Andrew, now let's move on to the birthday of the day. But, Andrew, first, first just right before that, Let's quickly move to the Timberwolves. Now, Andrew, the Timberwolves have played a couple of summer league games. Now, again, we didn't have a first-round pick this year, so there's no one too exciting playing. But, Andrew, just one small guy that is playing is McKinley Wright, who was our main undrafted free agent signing this NBA draft. So, he has been playing pretty well after he had a very good college career, but at a very small school. Andrew, do you think the Timberwolves can have a lot of young players step up this year? Or do you think that without any first or second round draft picks, it's just going to have to be about the older guys? Well, yeah, we really don't have any older guys, so I can't really say that. But in my opinion, two guys that the Timberwolves have said they're going to make a huge point of trying to get more minutes, more playing time, and more shots up this season are Jalen Noel and Jane McDaniels. These two guys, both late first, second round picks, just last year, could be very exciting. These two guys could develop into our future, or maybe nothing. Now, in my opinion, Jalen Noel has really shown that he could be a six-man off the bench, which basically means he's a guy that's going to give us maybe nine, ten points a game off the bench while not really getting anything else besides points. But Jane McDaniels, in my opinion, I think he could be our starting power for it. Now, I still say adding someone else would not be a bad idea. Would be an amazing decision by the Timbers for like a second-round pick. Maybe like two second-round picks for a team starting power forward. Like a pretty bad one, whatever. But we have the worst one by a lot. So that'd be really important. But, I don't know, McDaniels, I see a very good career out of him. In the Summer League, for some reason, the Timbers are always very, very good. Even though we've really never had anyone. Edwards didn't play because of covid Or, not that he had COVID, but there wasn't one. Culver missed it because of our weird trade thing with the Suns. And Cat, I don't think, playing his because of whatever reason. But, Tim was did great. Now, let's move on to the birthday of the day. Oh, wait, but no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. The real birthday of the day is Boban Marjanovic, one of the funniest players in NBA history. Now, this guy is really not great. He is... Just he's the current Mavic Center. Really not doing very well ever. Just he's very funny because he's super tall. I believe he's seven five and just he's great. And one thing that just I always remember about him that I see it a lot on like online or whatever, is where he's backing down Anthony Davis, who's like a super tall guy. I think he's like six eleven, maybe even seven foot. And this is when he's on the Pelicans. So he's backing him down, backing him down, and they call foul on Anthony Davis. And he's kind of upset. And he wants the ball back so he can give it to the back. So, Boban holds the ball with his right hand, ball in the air, top of his head. And now Davis, he tries to get the ball. Because he's, you know, upset because he got caught for the foul. So, he jumps for it. And he tries to grab it. And he can't grab it. Boban's arm with the ball is too tall for Anthony Davis to jump for it. Then after the game, I believe the Mavericks, like, lost or won by a lot. And then the poor ass Boban. Why don't you do that? And he goes, Eh, I just like to have fun. Just Boban. Just having fun. Just in the middle of the game. Just even, if the ball was still in play, he'd probably still do the exact same thing. Just having fun. Happy birthday, Boban Marjanovic. Keep being funny. Keep being in all your TV commercials. Very, very funny. Now, Ryan, there have been two very big things in sports right now. One, a little bigger than the other, but, just going rant. They're both in the MLB. Now, yesterday. It just kind of flew under my radar, but one of the best pitchers of all time just came back. Chris Sale in the MLB has not pitched in two years because of injury. I believe he had Tommy John, then some arm injury, then another arm injury, then more, but he pitched for the Boston Red Sox. A lot of you might think, what do you mean, best? But... For those of you who've been paying attention to the MLB for four-plus years, you remember when he was on the White Sox. He was by far the best pitcher in baseball. That lefty kind of sidearm throw, that amazing side, that amazing curve fastball. And he is back, not at full strength. I believe he only threw six innings, but he won that game for the Red Sox. And I have to say, this guy can get at least up to 85% by the playoffs, this Red Sox team is going to be just unstoppable. Just amazing if they add to the second-place team, the best pitcher in baseball. we'll talk about that more once it gets going more. Ryan, another thing is, I believe this was on Thursday night, there was a Field of Dreams baseball game between the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees. I might say, what is Field of Dreams? But it's a very, very good movie. I highly recommend watching it. Have no idea who stars in it. I'm sure Ryan knows, but I don't really care enough. And... It was on this field in Iowa, and the Chicago White Sox and Yankees played at that field. It was extremely modified by the MLB. A lot of field and grass and corn was put in there, so it's actually playable. But they played an actual game. It was a very good game. There wasn't a fence, but the fields were very close in. So there were a lot more home runs than usual. Very high-scoring game, but very cool. Apparently, they want to do the same thing next year for two more teams. Very excited to watch that. Ryan, anything you'd like to add before we talk about what's going on next week? Now, Andrew, just, yeah, I want to echo that Theater Dreams game was very, very cool, especially if you watch the movie. It was very sentimental, especially for a lot of people that really like the movie and really understand what it says about baseball and just how baseball is just like a dream and how it's just a dream to be able to play a game that you love so much professionally. And, it's literally just a dream, and that was what the game was to a lot of people who either lived in Iowa or have seen the movie, and it's a very special movie to them. So yeah, it was a really great game. Yeah, Ryan, just talking about what's coming up. With the NFL preseason and the NBA, summer league, it's a lot of young guys, and it's basically just who can step up in the right time. You gotta step up. If you're given a chance, you gotta show what you can do. So, just as Boa Marianovich said, just have fun. i sure... Step up. Ryan, next week we'll have more NFL news. Only three weeks or whatever, 20 days away from the NFL season. NBA Priest, NBA Summer League will still be going on. And we'll be, we'll be so close to the playoffs, we can almost taste it. Ryan, next week on Twin Twin Talk Talk MN.